This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Welcome back to another brand new episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. It's Kelsey, joined today by DJ, and it is week three. Why repeat? Week three of the NFL Draft Extravaganza. If you guys don't know what we've been doing, we have been building up week by week, going through divisions in order from AFC. We've got started with AFC and NFC West. Then we did the AFC, NFC North. And now week number three brings us to the South in the AFC and NFC South. And let's just say this is might be really where the draft gets started from the very beginning when you look at this NFC South side of things. Um, and it, it it's going to be very interesting to see what, what happens with, with all these trades being done now. Sam Darnold now joining the South and joining the Panthers in that recent trade. So there's there's some moves here that, that need to be compensated for, and now some people might not be picking what we originally thought. Definitely interesting because one through three are all but set. It feels like if not, we kind of know who the three players going to be. The order is just moderately varied. So the draft really kicks off at pick number four with Atlanta. So we'll get to discuss that today as well as, as you mentioned, Carolina, you got the saints too, the post drew Brees saints. We got the Colts. We got the Texans. We well loosely got the Texans due to their lack of a first round pick. Got a couple of Jaguars. We, we got a lot of fun teams to go into today with some very interesting pieces. Exactly. Yeah, you did mention the Texans with their no first round draft picks. So we won't have to discuss them today because we are just doing the first round picks. But we will still mention, you know, maybe a little something about uh, about what they need throughout the rest of the draft. Uh, cough, cough, everything. Cough, 
Kyle. Um, NFL players. There we go. There's their <laughs> draft list. Uh, no, no longer taking their players straight from UTEP and TCU and putting them on the squad without actually let them letting them get their two years of experience. Um, that's that's really what they need. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I guess other than other than getting into it immediately, there is one topic we have to talk about, and that is Sam Darnold. Now officially a member of the NFC South with this Panthers team. If you're the Panthers, does that mean that you're no longer looking to trade up if if you're the Panthers? I think it means you don't trade up unless the guy you really wanted to trade up for starts to slip a little bit. Hypothetically, let's say they want to trade Lance with all their might and soul and he slips to number six. He gets out of that top three or four trading up area. And you still really want him, but you don't trust somebody to trade with Detroit. I think you consider it. It depends if you took Sam Darnold as your quarterback of the future or if you took him as a flyer. It kind of just depends on what they really think of him because they didn't give out much for him either. So yeah. if they believe in his talent too and he ends up being that dude, then yeah, you're good. But if they just kind of took him as a, we don't really like Teddy because they, it basically sounds like they think Teddy lost them games last year because so many times they were one possession games and Teddy couldn't drive down and lead the, lead the game when he drives. So that's what they're kind of what they were looking for because they don't have the defense to let Teddy do his thing now. So you got to have that defense defense. Yeah, exactly. And you can use Teddy as trade bait too. So maybe you never know. So I, I don't think you rule it out, but I don't think it's as pertinent as it was before Sam came along. Cause Matt rule has time too. He's in no rush. He has time to let this Sam Darnold experiment play out. You got some young pieces. You got Christian McCaffrey coming back, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, still pretty young. You got Jeremy chin, all the defense players that dropped the last year, your boy, Derek Brown, like, they got a score. They got some young. They got some young players in a division where all the other teams that have been better are aging too. So Matt Rule's got time to figure this out. However, he wants to do it. He can kick back in his hammock, kick up a nice mimosa, and just let it all play out. Absolutely. And truthfully, I, I agree with everything you said. I, I think when it comes down to it, this is a, a decision Matt Rule took to be like, well, I can hedge my bets. I can I can use Teddy for for trade bait if I need to. I didn't pay much to get. Sam Darnold, I mean, let's be honest, compared to what some of these guys have been going for in free agency and in, in trades, like, I mean, this is an absolute steal to get Sam Darnold for this price. Uh, what, third and fifth rounder? I mean, uh, come second on. and fourth rounder or something. Oh, like sorry, that. second and fourth. My bad, second and fourth. But still, you look at that, that's that's a steal. Absolute so, steal. So we know Matt Stafford basically went for a King's ransom. The 49ers traded their soul away to get up to pick number three to get a quarterback, presumably. Who do you think got the better quarterback trade deal, the Colts for Carson Wentz or the Panthers for Sam Darnold? What are your thoughts on that? I'd have to, as of right now, just given how they performed last year, I'm going to give the nod to the Panthers and Sam Darnold as of right now. And I know they were both pretty terrible last year by their standards. Yes. However, (laughs) with that said, we saw more bright spots coming from the arm of Sam Darnold than we saw bright spots coming from the arm of Carson Wentz last year. And that's, that's where I look at it and be like, okay, you put Sam Darnold with the Carolina Panthers team, who was really just missing a quarterback who could do some things, who isn't a, a God, I, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound bad, but I love game managers. Ah, here we go. It, look, Teddy is a game manager. It's, we talk about this all the time. We love game managers, but game managers are there to get you to that point, not to win you the games. Very few game managers know how to win games, but they won't lose you games at the end of the day. Teddy is very much that that level of, of a guy. Sam Darnold, on the other hand, has that aspect of being able to, for better or worse, sometimes, same with Carson, for better or worse, they can actually get you into positions to win a game 
and not just lose. However, they could also lose you a game just as fast. So I do think Sam Darnold being a little younger, that contract's a little bit better for him right now. And you only gave up a second and fourth round pick. That's a little bit more beneficial than what Carson going to India is. However, I mean, a third and a second that could turn into a first too. I mean, like at the same yeah. time, and a guy with it that has actually succeeded at the NFL nonetheless too. Up until last year, we had him considered as a top 10-ish quarterback. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I love everything Carson Wentz did, but when you when you lead the league in turnover turnover opportunities and turnovers, uh, you, I mean, yeah, that that's the reason why it's it's a very slight nod to the Panthers having the advantage. Plus, they get Christian McCaffrey, who is, but in my opinion, a top three running back at, at all at all times, as long as he's healthy at all times. So and I mean, the question is, which team would you rather go to if you're a quarterback? Just before we get too far into it, would you rather be Sam Darnold going to all those weapons, or would you rather be going to Indy with that offensive line and that three three headed blue eyes white dragon of a running back core they got there? Let's be honest. When you say all those weapons, you could be referring to either one of these teams because you talk Touché, about fair point. You talk about that running back core. You also talk about their sneaky good receiving core. Their receiving core is young, and then there's Ty. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> kind of how the receiving core goes, but they're good. They're, they're underrated because they can do what quarterbacks need, which is catch the ball and don't lose it, which is what you need from all your receivers. Plus, you know, a little-known guy named by the name of Paris Campbell might finally be healthy for once in a while. Just Wasn't... a kid from Akron, literally. And he, when he stays healthy, the games he's played, he's made a difference, too. I mean, yeah. last year, the one game against Jacksonville, he led the team in receiving. So, you, granted, it's Jacksonville, and it's one game until Harrison Smith exploded his knee. So, yeah. we'll see what can go forward. Yeah, but, but I, I will say this, though. Hold on before I say oh, you, the biggest the biggest weapon to me out of the two teams you've mentioned is that offensive line for the Colts. If you're telling me which team I get to pick as a quarterback, I, I'm going to go to the guys that are going to save my knees and mm. save my life, and that's going to be that offensive line. So that's the biggest weapon that nobody will ever talk about because offensive linemen, you know, they're not skilled position players. Cough, cough. Yeah, Bullshit. go go cough, get, cough. get in the open field to Quentin Nelson. We'll show you who's the skillful player. <laughs> exactly. And just to add on to your point, too, he has a lot more opportunities where he only has to exist in the two two seconds of him getting the snap and handing the ball to one of those three. Where yeah. Christian McCaffrey, as amazing as he is, as he's a top three running back, it's because of what he can bring you in the passing game, which means you still got to throw him the ball. Yeah, and, and no, everybody sleeps on Marlon Mack. If you sleep on Marlon Mack, you're going to get toasted. Mark my words. The, you know what? Here's a bold prediction, and I'm just going to say it now because we will talk about the AFC South. Coming up, bold prediction, two running backs over 900 yards and misses two running backs over 1,000 by 50 yards. I'm not going to tell you which ones are which, but that's the Colts prediction for next year. Mark I mean, it they down. do have back to, each one out of 1,000 yards in back-to-back season, so that's pretty that's pretty smart. I mean, uh, the seventh late leading rusher in 2019 and the third leading rusher in 2020, it's... We can, we can go on about this all day. We have a lo- It's April 13th, so we'll save the bold predi- too many more bold predictions. It's too late. It's already happened. It's on the tape. We're, we're keeping it in. It's on the tape. I can't, I can't take it back now. All right, well, now let's go from the table to the board and talk about the draft draft position right now. So we're going to start with the NFC South. Picking at number four, where we talked about the draft, really kicks off Atlanta after the first three. Four and 12, rough season. You still got Matt Ryan. Calvin Ridley, Ridley emerges as a superstar receiver in his own right. Julio Jones is still an absolute monster. All right, Kelsey, you're Atlanta. What, what are you looking for? Uh, look, I still like Matt Ryan. But the fact, that's, the, that's, sad. that's the part of the fact. I it's still only 35 think, too. It's not like he's 39 and in a walker or anything like that either. I mean, yeah. he's not. Yeah. And he looks good. He he led them to very a, a lot of first quarter leads. First Honestly, half a leads. lot of three quarter leads. <laughs> yeah, a lot of third quarter leads. Uh, the problem is on him that at the, this always falls apart at the end of the day. Realistically, I'd say their problem runs into a lack of a run game consistently. 
and a lack of a defense from top to bottom. Like I do, I do mean from top to bottom on that defense. Obviously, you have some solid pieces in linebacking core and Aluakon and Deion Jones. But other than that, you lost Keanu Neal. He's not going to be there. Robert Alford just can't stay healthy. Your your two young corners are pretty much getting burnt, and they're still young. Their defensive line. I mean, you send you send Tack McKinley out, and you can't find a replacement for him. And then now there's there's pretty much nobody there. It's pretty much Grady Jarrett, and good luck everybody else. Yeah. So when I'm this when I'm this Falcons team, I'm I'm looking at what I can get the the best value for at this position, and to be frank, obviously you can get a quarterback, but if I could pick a trade right now, I would have picked a trade. That would be my first option to trade back into the teens and not have to worry about trying to pick this top four position because it's hard because you want to take a guy that that's can't miss at all. And the problem is your need positions in edge defender, defensive lineman, line, you know, cornerback, linebacker, safety. There's not very many can't miss guys that'll be a top five prospect in my eyes. But the ones that are, maybe you look at Awusu Koromoa for the linebackers. Maybe you look at Trayvon Morig out of uh, for safety out of TCU, Caleb Farley for Virginia Tech. I, the defensive linemen, there's not enough for for me for for them to be like. I think you take a defensive lineman here, but really they need to. This might be a. This is going to be one that if they take what they need, it's going to look like they reached for a guy. Unfortunately, where if if they take what they what's just the best available, that's probably going to be their best option, no matter who that is. And then use that as trade bait later on in the draft, maybe trade him for second and third round picks and, and refuel there. But what the Falcons need, it's going to always look like an overreach from all the positions. Um, unless they do something like taking Elijah Vera Tucker, maybe uh, that offensive guard, just to fill in that offensive guard slots that somebody protect Matt Ryan, somebody to help help build this run game back up too. Um, but that's that's where I see this is like they need defensive line, they need safeties, they need corners, they need offensive line. You might eventually need a, a quarterback. You don't need receivers. You're good there. I mean, and the running back that's out of Wyoming Hill, he's actually a pretty good running back. He just didn't get enough chances because they decided to go on this Todd Gurley experiment, which didn't work. Not but, at all. Not how they were hoping, and not how even in our preseason predictions we expected a little bit more. But my goodness. Yeah, and I guess there's a there's a sneaky pick in here, and I, I I think you might have more on this sneaky pick in here, of a guy that's just he's just so ungodly good, offensively just just jumps off the screen at you as how athletic he is, and that's Kyle Pitts. Uh, maybe they do go Kyle Pitts. The problem with that is, I still run into the issue of okay, you have three good receivers, you have Hayden Hurst, you have a you have a quarterback, you have a decent running back, you have Osweiler, but you don't have any defense. So I still like, is Kyle Pitts really the answer here for Atlanta, or is this just taking the best available? I don't think they should take Kyle Pitts, but they probably will end up taking Kyle Pitts is where I see it happening. I will say that picking Kyle Pitts is never the wrong choice. That's, that's <laughs> And Arthur Smith, their new head coach, the former former offense coordinator of Titans, he did some really good work with John U. Smith, who's an athletic tight end as well in his own right. I think he had nine total touchdowns last year, eight or nine, one rushing even. Yeah. Give him Kyle Pitts, and then Matt Ryan, a guy who sees the field, and good luck doubling Julio or Calvin when you have Kyle Pitts destroying the middle of the field with Hayden Hurst. It allows you to run a lot of two tight end sets, which might help the running game. We know Kyle Pitts probably isn't blocking a whole lot. Maybe if you let him leak to a linebacker, you could engage with him, but it definitely lets you condense the field and spread it out simultaneously. Kind of like what the Patriots did with Aaron Hernandez and Gronk. Yeah. You can motion them out. You could just, you dictate how the defense plays basically. And 
It, like you said, they need defense. So if they do that with pick their first pick, the remaining six need to be defense or offensive line. Like you pretty much have to run the table the rest of the way. I agree with you. The best thing they should do is try and trade back. Like let's say Denver wants to pop up and wants to get there. Like, Oh, our guy, we want Zach Wilson. Somehow he's there or whatever guy they want. They want to slide up for it. Take their first, take their second and take like a future third or something like that. Like then you'd have two top 10 picks in the second round, as well as that, that's still top 10 picks that you could grab Rashawn Slater. Maybe you want an offensive lineman or at this point, a defensive end, like Quiddy pay or Micah Parsons, Jeremiah. So a like, you have a lot more options and you could be a little more. It doesn't feel like you're reaching like you mentioned too, because there's the top players this year's drafts all seem to be offense. Like when you look at the top 10, at least in our big board, it's primarily offense. Yeah, it, it really is. And then, and, and we'll talk more about that big board here at the end of this, uh, and then this episode so that everybody knows what's about to happen. But yeah, you're exactly right. I think you look at this offensive, like obviously Panay Sewell, Rashawn Slater probably would not be the only exceptions to not reaching for something that they could use. But really, offensive line to me is third on the list of things they need behind defense <laughs> and defense. Like, I hate to say it that way, but it's like, to me, it's defense, defense, offensive line, and then everything else. <laughs> yeah, so really. So it's like, yeah, whatever they choose. I mean, ideally, yeah, ideally they trade back and they get a couple picks out of this and they can, they can do it better. Um, and like you mentioned, with Denver, that would be a good one, being picking at nine. Uh, instead of picking at four. That way, picking at nine, you actually, all those defensive players that you could be using, they look a little better being picked at nine than they do at number four. Like you said, Quiddy Pay being one of them as a potential pick there. Um, you also have Micah Parsons who or, or you know, Rager or Phillips out of Miami. Uh, so many different different picks there that you can, you can get. Um, that wouldn't be reaching at nine, but at four, you're like, that's just not a good pick. Unfortunately. And before we get into eight Carolina, I'm going to pose one quick question for you for Atlanta, which would be just madness. Imagine they decide to go and stick with their drafting Alabama receivers route and take either Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith here. So you have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and let's say Devontae Smith in the slot. How do you guard that? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs defense when you can't out, you can't score with them. They'll win 35 to 31, but they will be averaging 35. Look, the only I, I, you go down. Here, here's the only team that can match up to it with them, and that's the Bucks in their division. And the reason I say that is because the Bucks corner uh, cornerback crew is made up of two Auburn guys, so guys who are used to playing these Al- these Alabama guys. Mind you, they never stopped Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle or Julio or uh, Calvin Ridley. Well, they did stop Calvin Ridley one time, but that's not, that's neither here nor there. I mean, you really talk about that. That would be absolutely unstoppable, unguardable. Just forget about it if you're trying to. It's same with Kyle Pitts. If they bring Kyle Pitts in, it's the same thing, really, because then you just sub out Russell Gage and you have Kyle Pitts as your slot receiver. You know, that's just even more terrifying because he runs just like a receiver. He's just 6'5". Like, oh, six, no. Six. Yeah, sorry, 6'6". Six, six, my bad. How dare you undersell him by an inch? Yeah, and he runs a 4'4", four, 4'5". Four, four, like, come on. That's just not human. Like, that's not fair. And and you 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 throw you tell me that you have the freak that is Julio Jones, you have the guy that always gets open in Calvin Ridley, and then you have a six six four four running guy in the slot. Nah, I'm good. I'm going home, coach. I'm injured. Like, uh, uh-uh, put me on IR. I'm done. I'm done for the season. Like, I think we're sold on Kyle Pitts to the Falcons now. Who cares about defense? Just draft some defense and get some late round bloomers later, right? Just dropping thirty five a game. Here we go. Yeah, I just the, the the only problem with that is you better score sixty because you're gonna be giving up sixty points on the back end of things too. 
Arthur I mean, Smith will find a way. I mean, what he did with Ryan Tannehill <laughs> and helped revitalize his career in that Tennessee offense, uh, he'll find a way. Yeah, really. It's it, it's absolutely crazy to think that the Falcons snagged a, snagged an offensive guru like like Arthur away from away from the Titans, who we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode. But yeah, that's what he's going to be able to do for this team is is quite unthinkable, um, considering how good this offense already is. Absolutely. But, and sticking in the top 10, we're going to slide down just a few spots now to Carolina at pick number eight. So another NFC South team here as well. We kind of mentioned off the top, do you consider a quarterback? So we kind of came to the conclusion that you probably don't unless the guy, someone that is there, but you probably just stick with your spot and take a, the best available player. See what you got with Sam Darnold. If you're Ke- Kelsey, who do you think that, pl- what kind of position slash players do you think they should be looking at? Yeah, this one's very simple to me. Offensive line or corners. And that's really the two places I'm looking. You have Jeremy Chin on the back end who has shown he can be a good safety in this league, in this league and help out. You have a couple good linebackers here that have come in since Luke Keekley left. So you don't, you're not totally worried about your linebacking court. You have a lot of good pieces on this offense or this defensive line. Really good defensive line. Yeah. Offensive line is a question mark running back. You have Christian McCaffrey wide receiver. I, I mean, yeah, really? Do I need to talk about them? Like, cause they're, they're good. DJ Moore, and and freaking uh Robbie Anderson, Anderson. like you're you're fine. Uh now if Kyle Pitts fell here. That gosh okay. My answer my answer instantly becomes Kyle Pitts. I know we gave you nothing in the Jets, so we're gonna make up for it now and give you everything. We're gonna give you something that even Thanos can't complain about. Absolutely. Like if Sam Darnold could have dreamed of a of a situation to come to, I think this is kind of one he's like, there's a reason there was a celebration for him getting out of New York. And it's not just because he's getting out of New York. It's because he'd go into a situation offensively that looks really good if you can protect him. And Matt Rule has shown he can protect Teddy Bridgewater, who is basically a statue out there until he decides to, to run a little bit on his grinding knees and ankles. I still don't know how he runs for what he did last year because – it's it, there's nothing there's no padding left between his his joints at that point in time um, i'd say they both have similar mobility too i think teddy's more of a he he takes off and runs where i think sam can manipulate the pocket a little bit a little bit more sometimes erratically but we also saw him scamper for 45 yards against denver too so clearly he can scoop yeah he's a guy when he takes off he he commits to it and he gets what he gets and he gets down which is safe for sam darnold he doesn't try to do stupid things like what I love Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck used to do, which is I'm going to fight for two more yards. Like, no, no, he doesn't do that. Sam Darnold gets it, gets what he gets, and he gets down, and he knows he knows that. Except uh, against the Broncos, I mean, that, yeah. that was the exception. <laughs> Except against the Broncos, uh, but yeah, look, this is the Panthers team. I look at this. Obviously, I'm looking at offensive line and corner and corner. Like I said, if you can get him an offensive lineman like Elijah Vera Tucker or a Rashawn Slater to just cover his blind side, and you know, I know Vera Tucker is obviously an inside guy, but you take you can that. step up into the pocket with a guard. I mean, guards are important too. Look, we saw we saw just when when Quentin Nelson was brought into the Colts, we saw the immediate impact he brought when he when there was a guard there that you can step your your front foot into, if that makes sense. Like you can step behind him and you're fine. You feel comfortable. There's a safety blanket there. It didn't matter if you were getting crashed on from the edges. You could still step up and be able to throw a pass before getting killed. Most then, moderately movable quarterbacks would tell you they'd much prefer having the center and guards locked in because they can evade an edge rusher, step up, or if they try and spin inside, to slide outside the pocket. But absolutely. when you if you try and step up and you have two monsters coming down on your through your center and your A gaps, it's like, well, shoot, I got to completely Lamar Jackson my way out of this one and hope I run a four three flat forty and can do it. Or you end up like Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I go God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, and I'm sacked again. 
Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's why I think they, they're going to look for offensive line. Um, and either one is a good option. Uh, I do think corner is a need, uh, but it's not like it. It definitely needs to be filled. We'll be honest. It, 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 I mean, you haven't really filled that position since Josh Norman was there, and even then, it was still a one man position. Um, to be honest, I can't think of their starting corner right now. I know he's he's Dante above Jackson's average. Pretty nice. Yeah, he's above average. He's just not. You don't have a number two. You don't have a guy to guard a slot either. You don't have anything like that. So maybe filling that position is what you're looking towards um, as well. If that opportunity arises and like a, you know, one of the offensive linemen you want is not there. Kyle Pitts isn't there. Oh, by the way, Chris Farley is there. Oh, okay. I'll take him. Oh, Caleb Farley. That's nice. Oh, Patrick Sutan. That works too. Like whatever your preference is, you can't really yeah, go sorry. wrong. And like, I think they're in a good spot where they're two biggest needs. They'll be able to find something in those spots. Yeah, Caleb Farley. My apologies. Yeah, that's I didn't mean Chris Farley. Wrong, <laughs> wrong Farley. But so if you in your position, DJ, do you have the same thing? <laughs> offensive pretty line much, yeah. Like, like I think offensive line's a big key for them. Kyle Pitts just to make your offense insane in that division would be awesome too. And then corners is a good addition as well too. But I lean towards offensive line. I don't know if I go with the receiver. I know a lot of recent drafts saying take Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase. I. I get it to give him even more weapons and it could, it could work. I mean, like, cause having to do what Curtis Samuel did last year, for example, Devontae Smith can do all that and some, but I would lean more towards try and get offensive line help if you can. And it keeps less hits on Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, less people destroying him too. So yeah, I'd like, I'd like an offensive lineman for them. 100%. I, I feel like it just gives way more options and you don't have to rely so heavily on Christian McCaffrey at the end of the day. If you get an offensive lineman, because you can allow Chris McCaffrey to not have to chip to, to not have to chip every time he leaves to go catch a ball out of the backfield because you have to dump it off to him because you're getting rushed so fast. Like, you know, it's one of those situations. Exactly. Um, now, moving on. Way the, down in the draft. To the complete other half of the draft. <laughs> to number 28 is the next pick, and that's the New Orleans Saints. The Sean Payton, no more Drew's, no more Drew Breezes allowed. New Orleans Saints. I don't know what to think about this. No more Drew Brees. It's kind of weird. I don't want to talk about it right now. And I don't, don't want to talk about it. And then Taysom Hill on his $0 non-guaranteed contract. Completely voidable contract. And Jameis is back, too, on top of it. It's like they're going to have to figure that part out for sure. I Yeah, that's number one. Like, okay. Are you okay? First, uh, DJ, first question to you. If you're the Saints, if you're Sean Payton, and I have to say if you're Sean Payton because that's the only reason you have Taysom Hill on your roster. Uh, but if you're Sean Payton, who is your starting quarterback? Is he on the roster currently, or do you need to go get him? I don't think they have. They can go get him. Like Salary cap-wise, they're a mess. They, they're, your picks are super late. You don't really have a whole lot of – unless you're going to get rid of Michael Thomas or something like that. I mean, I don't know who you're, how you're going to trade up that high especially when everybody's already fighting to get up there. If you want a quarterback of the future in this draft, you're going to be looking at Kyle Trask or Kellen Mond or something like that, honestly. And if you want to grab him here, I guess it kind of makes sense because you get that fifth-year option, so it gives you time with him as well too. But I just – I feel like they have to roll with Jamison and Taysom Hill, let whoever they want win the quarterback battle in camp, which it's Sean Payton. So Sean Payton's going to give it to Taysom Hill. We already know that. But like, <laughs> let it go out – that let it let it play out that way, and you kind of just have to roll with it and – Maybe I feel like uh, I was trying to think like there's not really anyone else on the market they can go after either. So I think you're kind of stuck with it. And 
maybe maybe Jameis has a little bit of a revitalization with them. I mean, he did get the surgery after Tampa got rid of him. Like they fixed his eyes so they could, he could see himself get pushed out the door. Maybe he has a revitalization now too with Champagne's offense and the weapons. Maybe Taysom Hill actually has a little bit more than we give him credit for, even though last year is kind of rough. But I feel like you're kind of stuck with it. And at this point, you can't really get a quarterback in this spot. Yeah. So I guess that's the question then. If you're not going after quarterback in this spot, what do you go after? I honestly don't hate the idea of taking a receiver here. I know it might seem kind of weird for the Saints to take a receiver, but they have Michael Thomas. He's obviously your number one guy when he's healthy. He's your slot guy. He's your slant master, your short whip routes. Like he's your first down getting guy. And then the other guys like Trey Trey Smith, kind of nice, Dante Harris. Like they're, they're pretty nice. Like they're not Deontay Harris, excuse me. But there's not really another guy to take the pressure off. Last year supposed to be Emmanuel Sanders. Didn't it did all it was all right. I mean, he had his moments. I think, especially with Jameis Winston, I think getting him a getting him a burner, like a true burner to run down the field, someone that can really expand the defense. Cause Jameis showed in that playoff game, he could still he can still whip it pretty well. He's got it, still got a live arm. So if they could find a maybe a Rondell Moore type, like that smaller super speed demon kid that they could. I know Rondell Moore is more of a slot receiver as well, similar to Mike Thomas, but put them on the same side and maybe run like a slant fade combination, try and pick off the man coverage. Good luck catching Rondell Moore if he gets a little bit behind you. Something like that. Or if Terrace Marshall's still there, 4-3 guy was 6-3. I mean, I don't hate the idea of a receiver for the Saints because you got to keep up with Atlanta if they do what we think they're going to do to basically be like, all right, Matt Ryan, we're giving you every tool in the book to be an MVP again, especially with Arthur Smith. You got... Carolina retooling with Sam Darnold and all these weapons now a more aggressive quarterback and Tampa Bay who Tampa Bay like yeah so I feel like you have to be and you don't have Drew Brees who makes everybody a little bit better so I think you need receivers to make whoever your quarterback is help help the guys out a little bit so I don't hate receiver at this spot and your offensive line is already pretty good your defense is already really good you can obviously always pick corners or linebackers or depending on how you have graded people you can always throw in Jamin Davis and put him next to Demario Davis and back go. Good luck, everybody else. Yeah. So you can always grab corners, put them opposite. If Marshawn Lattimore is going to play, we'll see what's going on with him with his shenanigans or if he's suspended. But you can always grab corners. You can never have too many in this division. So yeah. I, I'm going to go with receivers, the top top thing to grab, though, because I think there's a lot of good ones here, and you can still grab a top 15-type player receiver at this spot. Yeah. I'm actually with you on this one as well. I think receiver is their number one position in need. Uh, shortly after that is corner. And I honestly put corner up here no re- no other reason then there's a little bit of a New Orleans Saints uh, family lineage sitting out there at corner, and that's J.C. Horn, uh, Joe Horn's son. If you ever, if nobody knows who Joe Horn is, he's the guy who scored a touchdown for the Saints, lifted up the uh, the little padding around the field goal post, pulled out a cell phone, and said, I'm going to call the league, and called the league, said, or called 911 or whatever he decided he wanted to say, but it was hilarious. It was one of the better celebrations. Um, he was one of the better celebrators of that time period as well along with T.O. So that is a uh, this guy out there that obviously J.C. Horn could fill in that, that role at corner. Um, that I do he, think if J.C. Horn is there, I actually think he might go a little bit higher. Just But if he is there, that's a really good pick too. Like yeah. corn, I feel like the edges is what they could sure up, basically, receiver and corner in general. And, yeah. of course, Trayvon Morig, you can't go wrong with him, the guy that we both love a lot. So, I mean, if he's there, it's like, okay, we'll take him. We'll yeah, find 100%. a spot to make this work. Yeah, but I, I honestly agree. I think, I think, number one, you probably just go for a receiver. Um, receiver here, and then you obviously don't have to worry about running back. Uh, your number one receiver is fine. Get a number two receiver, as you mentioned. If you're going to go with Jameis, you got to get him a number two receiver because he can't throw 30 picks for you if you only have one receiver. He's going to throw 50 picks for you. So 
Limit the number of picks and opportunities he has by giving him two receivers. You cut the number in half. Uh, that's my thought process. Now, going to the former home of Jameis Winston and the most recent Super Bowl champs and avocado tequila, whatever the heck that is, uh, Tom Brady's led Tampa Bay Buccaneers picking at number 32. Well, that what seems you- familiar. Tampa Bay picking t- Tom Brady picking at 32. What's new? Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe he needs to call Bill Belichick and get the dog to come make this pick right here because I don't think you can mess this up at 32. I mean, you really – there's a couple positions maybe you want to just sure up, but what are you really thinking Tampa Bay needs at this position versus wants? We talked about how the Browns kind of are in that position where they don't really need anything. They could take whatever they want here. Tampa Bay is that on steroids, basically. They return all 22 starters from the Super Bowl team. Your linebacking cores, best in the league. Your defensive line, filthy. Your defensive backs, there's that's probably where I lean. If there's a really good DB that slides a little bit, I'd probably go towards that. Like, let's say Javon Holland, the safety at Oregon is somehow still there. That's a steal at that spot. Something along those lines. Offense, you've got Tom Brady. You're not replacing the quarterback this year. You can't at this spot anyway. Running back, you're pretty you're pretty fine there. I mean, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, you're okay there. Tight ends, oh good, you got Gronkowski and OJ Howard's coming back. Oh, and Cameron Bray, okay, you're good there. Offensive line, you got Tristan Worsen squad. I mean, maybe you grab another offensive lineman just to shirt it up because Tom Brady somehow is probably getting less mobile, if possible. Oh, and receivers, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and probably going to bring back Antonio Brown too. Oh, and if not, Scotty Miller. Like, I don't know what you take here. Like, you take whatever you want, honestly. There's not something that's like, you have to go after this. Maybe defensive backs just to shirt that up because there were some games where they got kind of toasted. But... Maybe offensive line just to be safe, like because you can never have too many of them, especially with Tom Brady. Like, that's it, really. I mean, like, uh, it's not. It's ridiculous, like how you return all twenty-two starters to a Super Bowl team that was loaded. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I think this is a situation where you're kind of just picking a guy that is going to have to know he's going to be sitting the bench for two out of the two or three years on his four-year contract. Like, you're going to have to just straight up tell the kid. Yeah, odds are you're probably sitting on the bench, guy. Uh, we're not going to need you this first two years. Maybe not even the third year, but we'll, we'll need you the fourth year because that's when everybody's going to leave. Just be ready, but uh, know that we don't care. Yeah, I mean, really, that's you're exactly right, though. Uh, I think maybe the only only option here, if you if you have to call it a need, might be going into your defensive line. And that's a stretch for a need mm. because you have Vita Vea and whatever else they want to throw on their interior of their defensive line, whether they stick with a 3-4 or a 4-3. And you still got Odomican Sue, too. You still got yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett, who rotate his ends and linebackers. Like, my goodness. What what yeah. don't they have? I think it, this this could take too long to talk about all the good things they have. Yeah, no, really. I mean, you're exactly right. It's At this point in time, I think it's safe to say we're just going to say best available. Whatever the hell Tom Brady wants, that's what you take at this point in time. You know what they should do is they should just randomly have like a contest. Be like, all right, whoever donates the most to this charity gets to make the pick. We will not argue with it. And just let somebody else pick whoever they want. It's not like it'll hurt them if they screw it up. I have a – we must find money to donate because I'm picking Quinn Miners with pick number 32. Or I'll take myself and give myself a first-round draft pick contract. Yeah, that won't last long. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter. First year is guaranteed. That's all that I care about. All I got to do is sign on the dotted line. Well, you just ruined any chance of us getting on there, so thanks for saying that into existence. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's the Bucks. I don't think we're either one of us are too sad about that, to be honest with you, except for the fact we don't get a ride on that cool ship in the in the end zone. I just want to be around. The, I just wanted to shoot the cannon after scoring a touchdown. 
Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, we can just we can just find a cannon and go shoot it then instead. <laughs> you find the cannon, I'll fire it. All right. But that does it for the NFC South, guys. We're going to take a quick break. You're going to go hear from a message from Fanatics and Fubo TV, our network sponsors, and we will be right back. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast. You know, if you missed the brand new news, we have partnered with Fanatics.com. So if you're in the market for a brand new t-shirt, brand new hoodie, brand new jersey, no matter the team, no matter the player, no matter the sport, Fanatics.com is your place to stop. Not only does this help support our podcast, but it helps support the entire Onion Sports Network. Check the link in our bio or go to onionsn.com. I'll be having DJ in the High Low Sports Podcast. See ya. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast, and we recently partnered with Fubo TV. What is Fubo TV? Fubo TV is a service to broadcast live TV over the internet, no cable required. Watch your favorite teams, network shows, news, and movies on over 100-plus channels. You get channels like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. You can watch all the games. So go ahead, click that link in our bio, and get started on your seven-day free trial. And stay tuned to some more great programming right here on the Unhinged Sports Network. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Low Sports Podcast. As you just heard, our network sponsors, Fubo and Fanatics.com. Uh, go check those out. Link is in our bio. We also want to send a shout out to Dr. Squatch Soap Company, one of our fancy sponsors over here at the uh, High Low Sports Podcast. Go check them out. They have some natural soaps to make you smell good, make you smell nice. Uh, whether it's a man or woman you're trying to impress, doesn't matter. They have the smell for you. Uh, link is in our bio for that, Dr. Squatch Soap, Soap Company. And by the way, they did just get a sponsorship over at UFC, so definitely go give them some love. As we continue to do our UFC program over on ColorCast, uh, one of our other sponsors out there, or affiliates, I should say. And then on top of that, Everlast. Uh, if you guys don't know anything about Everlast, they are the leading brand when it comes to combat sports and training apparel and equipment. So go check them out. The link is also in our bio. Everlast has been around for almost, oh, at this point in time, almost 120 years. So it's worth checking out. Um, if they can do it for that long, business nowadays is... Is, is a fickle thing. So uh, 120 years tells you just how long a, a, a line of excellence Everlast is. It's definitely true to the name. It lasts forever. So, I mean, it definitely is fit. It's a name fitting. Absolutely. Now jumping back into it, guys, the, 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 probably the division nobody's been waiting for whatsoever, except for maybe DJ. And even that he's probably like, I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> let's be honest. There's not much out there. Uh, the AFC South. And there's not really much to talk about the AFC South. The Texans don't have a pick. Um, and if you ask us what the Texans need, honestly, we're going to tell you everything. Literally NFL players. That is everything. what they need. Yeah. So their list is football need. player. <laughs> exactly. Um, and we're just going to move, leave it at that and moving on. Uh, the Jaguars, they have two picks in the first round. Let's be honest. We only have to talk about one of them and we're going to go ahead and get the first pick out of the way. DJ number one, overall pick the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do they do? Well, I wanted to be clever and say like, Trey Lance or just like dropping a random name, but we already know it's Trevor Lawrence. It's been that way since 2018 when he just, when he beat Alabama in the national championship game, like it's been locked and loaded. It's set to go moving on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's as much as I'd love to say Zach Wilson goes number one uh, and, and Jim throws a fit. I can't wholeheartedly do it. I can't mean it seriously. Uh, so yeah, Trevor Lawrence goes number one. Um, It'd be funny. And if I could bet on it, I would just like bet like $5. If it happens, I'm a rich man. Yeah. You're probably a billionaire at that point in time. Uh, but yeah, that's that, that that answers that. Trevor Lawrence is going number one. Congratulations to him, um, and and your recent your recent recent marriage that just you guys just had the wedding. 
Uh, so congratulations on that. Now, moving forward to the other end of the draft, we go hmm. to number 21, the Indianapolis Colts. DJ, you re-signed T.Y. Hilton in the offseason. You bring in Carson Wentz. You don't lose very much else except just an unheralded linebacker that really, unless you really know football, you just you don't know who he is. And that's that's Walker who who went over to Cleveland. Um, and you re-signed Marlon Mack. If you're the Colts, what do you need? What do you need here at 21? They're a weirdly complete team that still has holes. Like they're not quite like the Bucks or the Browns who have everything basically. It's just depth at that point. Because they still do have some needs, but like you look at what we mentioned earlier, running backs, not really a better running back room in the entire league, probably. Receiving core, you mentioned underrated, young with TY Hilton. We'll see what they could do. Defense was still top 10 last year, even though it had some of its struggles in the passing game, so it could use some improvements. And then quarterback, you think you got the quarterback thing solved with Carson Wentz. I mean, you feel pretty good about that, I'd imagine. Otherwise, you wouldn't have traded for him. But the glaring holes for them are probably left tackle with Anthony Costanzo retiring. Unless you want to move Quentin Nelson to left tackle, then guard. Just basically another offensive lineman to round out the, the brick unit that includes all-pro <laughs> Quentin Nelson, second-team all-pro Ryan Kelly, soon-to-be perennial pro bowler Braden Smith, the guy who probably should have already made a couple pro bowls, but no one knows who he is, even though he has an outstanding Twitter page. But So they have a really good offensive line that you probably should add a guy here. Like If I'm them, I'm looking at those, some of those tackles like Darisaw, Alex Leatherwood. If Elijah Vera Tucker slides you, you could put him at guard next to Quentin Nelson at tackle. And honestly, that's kind of the luxury you have is you have Quinn Nelson left guard. You can skip out on that left tackle and take a second round guy in this draft because we've talked about offensive linemen is like 17 deep in this draft, it feels like. You could take a second round left tackle and put him next to Quinn Nelson. He's going to look like a first round left tackle because when in doubt, shuffle, basically funnel everything to number 56 and let him clean it up. That's all you really have to do is the blind side. Don't let someone run into Carson Wentz, basically. Just throw everybody a car at Quinn Nelson. And they could use an edge rusher, too. You got DeForest Buckner, another first-team All-Pro on the interior of the defensive line. Just somebody else who can get pressure around the edge, just a little depth there. Something like a Quiddy Pay is there, maybe. Or if Jalen Phillips, who I have highly rated on our high-low sports big board, if he somehow slips due to the injury concerns, he might be worth taking a flyer on. So if you're in Indianapolis, chances are, though, with Chris Bowden and their GM in their history, they're trading back. I mean, they've had one first-round pick in his three years. And that was Quentin Nelson. Every other time they've traded back and loaded up on second round picks. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that here too. So I imagine they'll trade back, but if that, since we're not doing trades, pretty much the edges on both offense and defense, grab another tackle, grab a, grab a defensive end, either one, whatever the best available player is. They're in a pretty good spot, honestly, coming into this. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, obviously that offensive tackle with losing Costanzo, you lose that big benchmark tackle presence, uh, but you're, you're kind of spoiled for choices on what to do with that hole because as you mentioned you could side uh quentin nelson over you could also swipe slide braden smith over to your left tackle position or move quentin nelson over to left tackle and slide braden into that left guard position which braden was originally in college or all sorts of things as you mentioned go to go to the second round and take a couple couple guys in the second round as you trade back um or take somebody like maybe quinn miners kick quentin over take quinn miners and slide him into that guard role you, you have two maulers on the left side you literally don't ever have to worry about the left side at that point in time because unless you're the referees you, if you're the referees you might have to worry about that left side because you might have to be calling the ambulance on the field like uh sorry there's a there's a dead man on the field um quentin nelson and quinn miners uh, destroyed a man um, someone tried to split the guard tackle gap and they didn't come out uh, he is now about 600 pounds lighter and about 6,000 times flatter 
um, than he was before, guys. I I don't know what to say. Tell you. All that's left is a pair of cleats on the ground, but we can't find the rest of him. Yeah, the other position I actually have is not edge rusher for me. It's corner. Um, I do look at that starting corner role. Rocky scene. I'm sorry, you're not the guy to be covering number ones on the outside. Obviously, Kenny Moore is their true number one corner, but he's a slot corner. That's a problem. And it's not anything against Kenny Moore. It's because of the scheme that Indy plays, and he fits so perfectly in that slot corner role. It's hard to take him out of that and move him to the outside because then you might lose something. The worst thing that ever happened to him was losing Pierre Desir last year. If he could, if he was still there, I would not be talking about corner because I do think Rocky Shin as a number guarding number twos is fine. Rocky Shin guarding number ones, that's where I have a problem. You need what to about get Xavier Rhodes coming back. It looks good, but he's still hit or miss whether he's Rhodes closed or Rhodes just kind of bumpy from now on. Like <laughs> turbulent Rhodes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from Xavier Rhodes week in and week out. He had some great showings last year, absolute lockdown, fantastic showings. And then he had showings like, "Wow, um, does does he exist? Is 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 the road open? Is there even a sign on the road? Oh, I can't even tell. All right, whatever." And that's that's kind of how it looked last year. So I don't I know. Say I, if someone slides them, like say Caleb Farley slides a little bit because of injury, like there are concerns like injury and whatnot too. You get that absolute alien of a athletic specimen. It's hard to say no to that, even though corner, even if whether corner is a high need for them or not. It's hard to turn on a player of that caliber, Patrick Sertan slides because who knows? Just someone slides every year. And like we kind of mentioned, and he's in a good spot where you something like that slides is like, okay, we'll we'll make this work. Yeah. And I'll be completely honest, there's a guy out there, another lineage kid, Asante Samuel Jr., who is looking to be that late first round, early second round type of a pick right there. If he's there and if all the other corners are taken ahead of him, like JC Horn, like those type of guys are already taken. And, and I'm not saying anything bad about Sean Wade. I just don't trust Ohio State corners, so don't take him. Uh, don't and take he him and... honestly projects more as a safety because he came in as a safety in his corner. He's been very hit or miss. So it looks like a lot of projections have him at safety too. So Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, take a, to me, I, I look at Asante Samuel potentially being that corner that would fit right there. Who's a guy that would not be a bad fit by any means because he has the NFL lineage and he does have the skills on top of it to be a number one corner. And then you could kick Rocky Scene over to that number two spot where he did so well at in his rookie year. Um, and that way you don't have to worry about him as much covering a guy over the top because he just, for some reason, gets lost in the shuffle every time. It doesn't make sense. The lack of deep speed really kills him, and he gets kind of handsy when he does that because yeah. once they get even, they're most likely leaving. He's not a speed corner by any means, and this technique falters slightly. It's like, well, I'm toast. Yeah, and it's weird because Rocky Scene has all the physical tools to be good except for that top end speed. But the problem is he just, his mentality, like mentally, he just gets lost. Like he'll be there. He'll be there. He'll be there. And then he'll peek in the backfield for just like three seconds too long. And then it's like the guy's 40 yards behind him. And he's like, oh crap, let me catch back up. And then he slaps him and, and takes him down before the ball gets there. It's like, rock, rock your scene. What, what are you doing? My guy. You're sinning. Like, yeah, it's, it, it's just one of those things. You just look at him. You're like, you could be so good if your brain was always engaged. And that's just, that's my one problem I see with Roxine, and that's why I say this that's a hole that needs to be filled. But otherwise, offensive tackle, definitely. Um, I, I definitely could see an edge. Now, moving on in the division to the very next pick. All of one spot. <laughs> All of one spot. To a team who lost their offensive coordinator, who lost John U. Smith as well, and, and who Corey lost Corey Davis. 
Corey Davis, and then a quite a few defensive players who I just don't even want to name off the top of my head because I'll be here for days. <laughs> well, the easy ones would be Adoree Jackson and, J- and Jadavian Clowney. So we'll get those yeah. two out of the way at least. So the Titans at number 22. All those guys that just left. Obviously, the most impactful being your offensive coordinator that just left because, I mean, you talk about that run game. It was so fantastic. That's not going anywhere, though. I, I don't think Derrick Henry running the ball is going to go anywhere. Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball might become a bigger issue. But if you're the Titans, what do you do here at 22? Well, you can't draft an offensive coordinator like Arthur Smith, so we're going to rule that out. <laughs> and honestly, you kind of mentioned it. They need defense again. I'm gonna. Their pass rush last year was mediocre at best, honestly. Like There were some games where you didn't, they were not getting anywhere near the quarterback. Dory Jackson, your number one corner's gone, so there's another boy. Malcolm Butler's gone. He's with the Cardinals now, so you, both your starting corners are gone. I don't even know who else. You have Kevin Byer back there, and that's about it. <laughs> we love some Kevin Byer, but he can't card the entire field by himself all the time. Sometimes maybe, but not all the time. Your pass rush is not very great either. Your linebackers, Rashad Evans is nice. He's a thumper, but and he's like they have some pieces. Like Jalen Brown's not too bad either, but they – they just need defensive help across the board. You have Mike Vrabel. He's a really good defensive mind. He can scheme some stuff up, but got to give him something to work with. And I think it's kind of the same vein as the Colts. If a corner slides down there, you jump on it. If there's a defensive end that slides there, you jump on it. You kind of just take advantage of whatever defensive player slips, honestly. Yeah. Whatever, say Micah Parsons slips for some reason. Oh, that's nice. We'll take that. Or Jeremiah Wosua-Koromoa slips. Oh, thank you. Yes, please. Like I think you just kind of take whatever defensive player is bound to slip when everyone gets offensively enamored early on yeah and then of course once again as with every single team on this list besides the browns offensive line is not a bad pick either not at all not at all i mean there were a couple injuries on that offensive line that took hold last year that you saw that just decimated them for a couple games but i mean look you still have the the great equalizer on offense and derrick henry and i hate to say keep riding that bell horse until he falls apart but keep riding that bell horse until he falls apart uh because he doesn't look like he's falling apart anytime soon. Have you seen that man? He's not going anywhere. He's Rest in peace. Those who have tackled him, who have tried to tackle him one-on-one and have failed. Exactly. Uh, but I'm with you. I look at defense. This is my number one area of need. Uh, and that being either linebacker specifically or edge, because you've got to get a pass rush in this division. Um, if you're going to be facing Trevor Lawrence twice a year, whatever happens in, in Houston, potentially Indianapolis twice a year. You have to get people that are going to compete with these offensive lines. That's not going to be easy to do. And and as much as I, as much as Jacksonville, yeah, you're like, yeah, you have the number one pick. They also had a top 10 rated offensive line last year. So it's not like they're that bad of an offensive line. They had a rusher that rushed for top 10 yards in the league last year as an undrafted rookie. So, they're a good offensive line down there. They that, somehow they're a good offensive line. <laughs> Let's put it that they, they're better than the sum of their parts. That's for sure. Absolutely. So if you're the Titans, you're, you're looking at you're looking at defensive line help. You're looking at edge rush help. You're looking at linebackers and corners. Those are your big big needs. Anything else? If you draft anything else with this pick at 22, you're honestly probably screwing yourself long term because offensive line is so deep. You can get that in the next couple of rounds, no problem. If you don't go defense here you're going to miss out on something that will help you long-term. Like maybe there's a receiver there maybe that couldn't hurt, but I mean, I don't know who you, I don't think anyone's worth it over to the defensive players. They'll be there unless Jalen Waddle or Devonte Smith somehow slips down here. But I think by the time those guys get to 14 or 15, someone's trading up for them. 
Maybe yeah. if you're Tennessee, you trade up for a guy like that because it's like, oh, well, we lost Corey Davis. Let's give Ryan Tannehill this guy who's going to be our new number one receiver. Sorry, A.J. Brown. Your freakishness is now number two. Oh, wait, A.J. Brown's number two. Good luck, defense. And they go full Atlanta, and they're like, we'll score 60. Yeah. I mean, look, that's potential possibility. I hope that's not what they do. Um, I wouldn't do it if I was them. No, I think I think you're you're asking for trouble, especially with the a, the way AFC's built. You're not going to make it through the playoffs if you're if you're scoring sixty but not stopping defenses. You basically AFC. have to get up ten to nothing and let Derrick Henry kill the clock the rest of the way. Yeah, really. Which is surprisingly doable with Derrick Henry. Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. I just don't. I mean, you can only run. You you're only guaranteed four plays per set of downs. Uh, so you have to get those four plays, and in those four plays, get a first down and continue that down the field and take the minimum yardage. It'll be an awful thing to do. Derrick Henry finds a way. Yeah, let's be honest. He probably runs the first one for a touchdown, kicks an onside kick to himself, and then runs the, and continues to run the clock down on and re- repeat ad nauseum, and they still somehow score 20 more, 21 more points with Derrick Henry doing everything himself. Pretty much, yeah. So, but I, I, I trust in Derrick Henry, so I'm not worried about that offense right now. I'm going defense, and that's just my simple 100%. We agree on that one. Just get any defense. Exactly. Now, as I mentioned... Jaguars have a second pick in this draft, in the first round. At number 25, a whole three picks later, we are back to the AFC South and Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, you've got Trevor Lawrence. You've got your, your big guy. woo Yay! What do we do now? What do you do if you're Jacksonville at 25? I think if you could trade back again, that wouldn't be a bad idea, too. Like, maybe the Saints want to trade up and you could picks, get some extra later picks just to build, but we're not doing, not doing trade backs. And you pick, like, seven spots later anyway, yeah. considering it so... I think you got your guy at quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. You have some receiver helps. You have your running back. We talked about that was a good offensive line last year. I still think you bolster it, though. I think there's maybe a Wyatt Davis, a guard from Ohio State, someone like that, or maybe one of the tackles like Alex Leatherwood has started to slide Liam Eichen back. I think you could I think you continue to bolster that offensive line. You, do, you are in the division where the Texans tried to destroy Deshaun Watson for most of his career, basically, where he had to be like, screw it, DeAndre down there somewhere for a chunk of it till last year. You saw the Colts destroy Andrew Luck's life, basically. You saw the Titans basically destroy Marcus Mariota, more or less. A little bit more Marcus's fault, but I digress. You saw that <laughs> experiment not work out. You've seen multiple quarterbacks die in this division. You've seen David Carr's career get absolutely trapped. Like you, it's in your division. It's not like it's, it's, oh, it happened in the league. It happened twice on your watch a year. So at that point, I think if you are going to draft Trevor Lawrence, you will build an absolute wall with him and make everybody else pay for it. That's what you do at that point. Because if you have the wall, that makes James Robinson, the running back's job, so much easier. That gives them the play-action opportunities. You still have DJ Shark out on the edges, too. I mean, you still got some we- – like, you have some weapons. So I think you can – you're a rebuilding team. You're not flipping it all around this year. I mean, unless Urban Meyer is secretly the greatest coach to ever just randomly start his NFL career after four college coaches, I, I don't see it. I don't see him taking off, and I don't think Trevor Lawrence, even though he is that prospect – he is the prospect. I don't think he's that type of prospect where he can win with nothing. Like there's like four quarterbacks that in recent memory that do that. If Trevor Lawrence is that guy, then I digress. He is even better than advertised. I just don't think he's going to step in week one and, or year one and be like, okay, guys, we're going 11 and five. I, that's good luck with that. So I think you continue to build and do everything to keep him healthy, especially during this learning experience. Don't let him take any unnecessary hits. Yeah, definitely. And, and the one thing to think, keep, keep in mind about this Jags team not only do they pick in seven more picks, eight more picks again, they also have a second second rounder as well. So, so like they got options. You have plenty of options. Uh, to me though, I also look at this defensive line right here and a guy potentially Davion Nixon out of Iowa, uh, maybe a Wuzurike 
um, out of out of Washington. Those type of those type of guys. You know, maybe Christian Barmore does slide because there are talks of him sliding out of the first round because teams not wanting to take interior defensive line, them being so so obsessed with the exterior defensive line, or Penn State's edge rusher in Oa, who a lot of people have him a fringe top fifty, top sixty player in this draft, and yeah, he's a freak of nature, but nobody's really sure of what to get out with him. But you taking this pick at twenty five, it's a gift of a pick to begin with. Why not maybe take a flyer on somebody like him? who might work out, might not work out, but you still have four more picks in the next two rounds to figure it out. Like you'll be fine. I do like your, the idea of an interior defensive lineman, like Ed Nixon or some of those guys. Cause you already have Josh Allen on one edge too. He has proven to be a superstar caliber defensive end. You put somebody that can wreak havoc on the inside, maybe funnel people toward out of the pocket into Josh Allen, or maybe get them. So they're trying to run away from him. And then guys like miles jacket linebacker could chase him down. CJ Henderson's a young promising corner. Like they got pieces. And I think, interior defensive line would help a lot or like we mentioned if a corner slides that you really like or Trayvon Morig a safety slides down too like Javon I think Holland. defense is a big key too but it just kind of depends what slides but I think you definitely after seeing what has happened specifically in your division make sure Trevor Lawrence has an absolute brick wall in front of him it's like thou shall not pass DeForest Buckner you are not hitting him the entire game the yeah. Titans with Mike Vrabel schemes you are not hitting him the entire game Houston with Whatever they they send out there, you are not hitting him the entire game. Yeah, exactly. So I think we're both on the same mind there. I mean, there's got to be either offensive line, defensive line. Those are your two options with this pick. And the whenever you go here, you do the opposite on the next pick, unless you have another offensive lineman you want to take. In this case, go offensive line, offensive line. And then maybe another offensive lineman because you can't have too many of them at this point in time. As I think. Honestly, just draft all five offensive linemen. Just like this draft is for Trevor Lawrence and the rest will come later. Yeah, I mean, really, you have enough ask. You have enough receivers out there, enough enough talent and, and 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 different aspects to provide threats. And adding Trevor Lawrence is the link to all of them. But then making sure he's alive to give them a link is the one thing that the Cincinnati Bengals didn't do last year with Joe Burrow that the Jaguars are are set up to do with this year and in Jacksonville. I think that's the biggest difference between these two guys and and what we'll see in their careers. And just hopefully, hopefully Urban Meyer doesn't ruin his career. Like he's ruined so many different colleges career for futures as he decides to leave during the worst possible moments of their careers. Um, exactly. And I, we I also, we saw with what the Cardinals are doing for Kyler Murray, the Chargers are doing for Justin Herbert. They're not doing it through the draft necessarily, but they're like, all right, we have stud young quarterbacks. Let's uh, we need to build a wall. We need to keep them alive. Yeah. We will build a wall and it will be the greatest wall we've ever seen. And well, they may Huge. not be the greatest walls, but they're going to be pretty good walls. <laughs> so, good enough. <laughs> yeah. They're going to keep him upright. And that's the important thing. If you can keep him upright for at least six seconds, you're going to win. You're going to do, win some games. And that's going I mean, to be the six seconds. Thing. My goodness. Like that, that. No defense covering for six seconds. Good luck, everybody else. Exactly. So that does it for us today, guys. That's that, that finishes our week three of the NFL draft extravaganza. We do have a little bit, something housekeeping to talk about though. Releasing on Monday after this is out. So in a total of four more days there will be the high low sports big board we will be teasing it the next couple days we started on wednesday as we're already a day in now today thursday being day two you will have seen our top 50 through 41 of the board we will be going down to 25 teasing it before releasing the big board on monday to the blog at unhingedsn.com be sure to go check it out for all the analysis of where we have players rank based off of best overall prospect. 
not where we see them actually being drafted, but where they will be, where their talent levels are on an even level playing field, basically. It's just overall prospect, not where they're going to be drafted. So that makes sense. So be sure to check that out. DJ did a lot of hard work on this one. He has a lot of breakdown on it. It's absolutely fantastic thing to look at, and it will help you. If you have any bets going for this draft, definitely check it out because there's some picks in there that you'll see where they're ranked, and you'll be like, you know what? That makes a whole lot of sense. And by the way, don't don't come at don't come don't come at us if your favorite player isn't related to a different player that you think he is, because to be honest, you're probably wrong. Anyways, <laughs> that's I feel like that covers that. So <laughs> we'll see you guys in the DMs. Um, but until then, <laughs> we will see you guys next week for week four of the draft extravaganza. Like I said, be sure to check out the big board and let us know what you think. Like I said, we'll probably see you in our DMs. But until next week, guys, we will see you. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.